0: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another edition of Know Your Enemy. I am Michael Beck, uh, your host and deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Joined as always by one Mr. Jeffrey Benedict, our film breakdown extraordinaire. Jeffrey, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing good. Awesome. Awesome. And we got a very special guest. uh, from. He writes for Sports Illustrated, um, AllBengals.com from the Locked on Bengals podcast. James Rapine. James, how are you doing tonight?
1: I'm well, guys. I appreciate you having me.
0: No, oh, the pleasure really is all ours. And I guess kicking things right off the top here, um you have a pretty good quarterback now in Cincinnati. Um he he was instantly named uh your the starter basically and named a captain before the first week. How has he handled that amount of pressure and how how has he really been uh, throughout uh, the the first half of his uh, rookie year?
1: It's wild because it's it's a fair question, right? How has he handled the pressure of winning the Heisman and going undefeated at LSU, and then he enters a team in his home state really trying to, to put the organization on his back and all of these expectations. And it's just his personality. It's what he's built to do. So I, I don't think that's bothered him at all. I don't think the expectations outside of the organization or even within the organization, because from day one, he's been given the playbook. He's been given the the freedom to make changes at the line of scrimmage and do things that we've seen great quarterbacks do, uh, but sometimes it takes those great quarterbacks a couple of years to do so. And from day one, Zach Taylor's given him that freedom. So I think he's he's handled it well. I think he he's looked at as almost a veteran. I don't think his teammates view him as a, a guy that's. He, they, they think he's learning, but they it's not. he's not overwhelmed by anything that he sees. And when he makes a mistake, he learns from it. So Joe Burrow is a leader of this team right away. And, uh, I, heck, I asked him a, a question a few weeks ago. I think it was after the Ravens game in week five, and it was by far his worst game as a rookie. I said, well, what are you going to learn from the, the film? And, and, of course, he didn't really answer it. But one thing he did say is, oh, well, I don't view myself as a rookie anymore. I, you know, I, I'm weeks – into this. Now I view myself as a veteran and I think most of his teammates look at him that way as well. Uh, Obviously he'll learn over the final eight games of the season, but I think he treats, he's treating this just like he did at LSU and expects to win every Sunday.
2: Awesome. Jeffrey. Yeah, he has, you guys have some good receivers Um, and the last three games you you've seen them kind of go off a little and then staggered with AJ green having two really good games. Finally, Again, mm-hmm. and then, like, T. Higgins has gone off. Tyler Boyd had a phenomenal game. Uh Is there a pecking order there? Is he using all of them pretty well, or is is, is it showing that he has some favorites?
1: He, he's certainly spreading the ball out, and I think that's one of the the beauties of Joe Burrow is I, – and I found myself doing this in the offseason. I was like, man, look at all these wide receivers. Burrow, you know, he A.J. Green fits well with him, and Tyler Boyd fits well, and T. Higgins fits well, and even on Tate. And it's like, oh well, what's the common denominator here? It's Burrow, and and, you know he can work with anyone. And so, yeah, AJ Green's lost a step. Uh, You know, it it doesn't look as explosive as he was for a decade, essentially in Cincinnati. But he's still a a capable uh, receiver, a guy who's you know maybe second or third in that pecking order. Number one to me in the is Tyler Boyd, and the reason I say this isn't necessarily that he's going to lead the team in receiving yards each and every week. But I just think the trust between him and Burrow is on a different level. There was a play against the Titans where it was a third down play in the red zone and the the Bengals, the the pressure's on here for them to to keep this drive alive in the fourth quarter and pull off the upset and seal the deal. And Burrow throws the ball. I don't know if you guys saw this play, throws the ball. Burrow, uh, Boyd isn't even looking and he shakes off the defender And is able to get free and turns and the ball's just right in his arms. And if he doesn't turn at that moment, there's a chance the safety picks it off. So the trust level between those two uh, makes me say, Boyd, I had to pick one. But I I think he believes in in really the the top four guys right now. And really five. I mean, T. Higgins is a guy you could see him lead the team in receiving. A.J. Green, like I mentioned, Tyler Boyd. Odden Tate had a big game against the Titans and then we've seen flashes from Mike Thomas as well. So uh, I think that the common denominator is Joe Burrow and wide receivers just work well with the young rookie.
0: Yeah, and really uh, looking at uh, at this game as well, um, one of the biggest things that is kind of floating around right now is the whole COVID issue. They're, both teams have kind of been hammered. Uh, a ton of guys on reserve right now being tested. We really don't know whether what like what this matchup will really look like. I suppose till late Saturday afternoon. Um, what's kind of the vibe going on right now with the Bengals, and uh, how are they feeling with the possibility that Ben Roethlisberger might not even be playing?
1: I don't even think that's really on their radar. I think they just assume he's going to play, right? And what what their their mindset is is all right. Well, we got to roll with it. Like for example, this morning they had a couple cornerbacks on the practice squad test positive for COVID. So they sent the defensive backs. They 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 told them, hey, stay home, and uh, and then I think a couple of them came in for the, the practice in the afternoon, but they didn't come into the facility in the morning. And I look, that's what you have to do. Is is we've we've all done it, right? Is we've kind of changed the way we do things and the way we operate our day to day. And I think that's one thing that Zach Taylor and this coaching staff they deserve a lot of credit for is because they've rolled with the punches of uh, the virtual stuff and really tried to embrace that and, and not make that an excuse because if you think back to when all of this happened, Zach didn't meet Joe Burrow in person outside of the NFL combine until he reported for training camp or a few weeks before he reported for camp, which that's crazy, right? As the head coach and the the quarterback, the guy who's calling the plays, they haven't met in person much and been able to interact, but they've rolled with it. So I expect them to do the same, but you're right. I mean, the Bengals could do without Fred Johnson This week, who started at right tackle, uh, it depends on Bobby Hart. There they they could be out without some key pieces, so uh, it's uh, it's something worth monitoring. But uh, like I said, I don't think the Bengals are like, oh, let's let's hope Ben's out. I I just think they assume he's going to be able to play on Sunday.
2: Awesome, Jeffrey. All right, Steeler fans are used to seeing uh, a couple of tight ends on the Bengals roster, uh, Mm -hmm. that aren't playing right now. Uh, what tell us about Drew Sample? What do (laughs) you like? I like bring his name. I'm like, oh yeah, you guys drafted him a while back. Like, what, what's going yeah. on with Drew Sample? How? What do yeah, we
1: expect he, from him. He's a you know second round pick from last season. A guy who's come on. I think he's having a pretty solid year, uh, and he's certainly a really good blocker, specifically in the run game. They'll rely on him there, and I wouldn't be shocked at all. You mentioned you know Burrow and, and the trio of wide receivers, and that has changed a little bit. Samples had a couple big games as well. He had a seven reception game against the Browns in week two, had another big game against the Browns uh, a couple weeks ago. And maybe that's just the case is it's the Browns. But when I I look at the Steelers, obviously they try to get pressure. I could totally see Burrow dumping it off the sample. So he's maybe the fifth or sixth option in the passing game, but certainly a guy who any given week could have five, six, seven catches and, and is certainly capable.
0: Now, earlier you mentioned uh, Zach Taylor, of course, and uh, not really having that kind of relationship with Joe Burrow because of everything going on in the world. But the difference between Zach Taylor, his team a year ago to this year, what what can you see uh, different out of Zach Taylor in year two as an NFL head coach?
1: I think he's more more experience for sure, um, which is is one thing. But I I just think he's more. Refined. I wasn't covering the team last year during that that first season, but I, I still kept a, a close eye on them because it's a team I've co- covered for, for many, many years leading up to it, and uh, obviously it's my, my hometown team as well. So uh, I was paying attention, and I think last year part of it was just injuries. You don't have the horses. This year it feels like they need to win, and, and he it's not, all right, let's go out there and try to win. It's we need to win. And, and so I think that's a, a big difference. He expects it. He knows it's going to take time. They've lost a lot of close games this season. They should be better than 2-5-1 and one from a record standpoint. I mean, I could think of four games out of those um, five losses in one tie, four of those six where you could make a good case that the Bengals should have won those games. And they had the lead in six of eight going into the fourth quarter, if that tells you something. So I think the key now is for him to show one, and he's starting to show it the past three weeks, one, that he's the guy that's going to get the most out of Joe Burrow, that he's going to be able to maximize him the same way you look at Sean Payton and what he's done for Drew Brees or the same way Josh McDaniels, right, got Tom Brady to be the quarterback that he is. Not that Joe Burrow isn't going to be great anyways, but you want to maximize that, especially over the next couple of years. So I think you're starting to see that with this offense. And then the other thing, um, and I think this is big, is you've got to show you can win some of these close games against – teams that do have more talent than you because most weeks you're going to have the edge at quarterback now with Joe. Braille. I get it. He's a rookie and I'm not trying to get ahead of myself, but I think he's going to be that good and is potentially that good right now. So um, we'll see how the second half goes, but I certainly think that the, the these eight games are big as the Bengals organization evaluates this coaching staff.
2: All right, Jeffrey. All right. So uh, is Joe Mixon playing in this game? And if he isn't, Are we going to see Giovanni and Bernard and – I can't even say his name.
1: Smadjay Pirine? Smadjay Pirine. Yeah, uh, I I would (laughs) – you got it. Yeah, you did. Um, I I think you certainly will see Giovanni Bernard regardless. He's a guy that has played his tail off the past couple of games. The offense, I I mentioned how explosive they've been. He's a big part of that because of his pass blocking, because uh, of his explosiveness out of the backfield both in the passing game and as a runner. And that's the interesting thing going into this week is if Joe Mixon does come back, and he didn't practice on Wednesday, but I wouldn't be shocked at all if he plays. He was on the side of the field working out, cutting, doing things like that. So I think that they're they're probably taking it slow. He's missed a couple games now with that foot. I would expect to see him out there. I could be dead wrong. That's just my assumption that he's going to be able to play. And so if that's the case, how does this coaching staff balance it? Because Giovanni Bernard's done such a good job of just being him in this offense and and making an impact. And at the same time, Joe Mixon's a guy extremely talented and you got to get him the ball. So I think you'll see a little more of the run against Pittsburgh on Sunday if Mixon is in, but the key to this for me is this offense needs to run the same, like the same way it does with Giovanni Bernard. When Joe Mixon is in, get him involved in the passing game, find a way to get him in space and to, to Mixon, what he needs to do is become that elite pass blocker that Giovanni Bernard is, because that's why Gio comes in on a lot of third down plays. And if you could get a, a talent like Mixon involved in the passing game regularly, that's a nightmare for opposing defenses. So uh, I think it's going to be interesting if he does play, I would expect him to. Interesting how they use him coming off of two straight huge performances by this offense with Mixon out.
0: Now, uh, circling back to Joe Burrow here. Um, he's taken a ton of nasty hits this year. Mm-hmm. Um, just in general, he's ta- he's taken a lot, but, uh, Steelers pass rush is a, a team that sends more pressure than I think Baltimore surpassed them in, in a blitz rate, but they're still leading the NFL in sacks. Is, is that something that's a, a bit of a concern in this game? And is, is Joe Burrow going to have to kind of change up the way he plays in, uh, in, in an effort to uh, kind of limit the, the amount of hits he takes?
1: I think that is the concern, <laughs> the concern. I, I'm not really, look, Ben Roethlisberger's good. I don't think this, you know, the, the Bengals defense is sweating. They know it's going to be a challenge, right? James Conner is good. Those wide receivers are good. But the concern going into this game is that, is, is trying to keep Joe Burrow upright and prevent him from taking a bunch of hits, regardless of how they come, whether it's, him not re, you know, realizing the blitz is coming, which was an issue in week five against Baltimore. And really the only time I think we've seen Burrow confused this year was that game. Um, so yeah, keeping him upright is the number one priority each and every week with this offensive line that we still don't know. It's below average anyway, and they played relatively well against the Titans, but it's a below average offensive line and they could be shorthanded again against the Steelers on Sunday. So, yeah, that that's priority one, two, and three uh, is trying to keep him upright. And I think the key to it, look, you're not going to stop T.J. Watt. You're not going to stop this pass rush. You're not going to. It's just, you know, it, it's like saying, you know, let, let's stop Christian McCaffrey or let's stop Alvin Kamara. Well, you, th- those guys are just too good. It's not going to happen. Let's stop uh, Kyler Murray. No, but what you can do is scheme around it a bit. And I think that's the key. Can the Bengals get the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands fast? can these wide receivers get open that quick enough uh, and in space quick enough that it doesn't matter if TJ Watt is, is to burrow in one and a half seconds because he will regardless of who plays on the Bengals offensive line, he's going to get there quick and you've got to find a way to one get open quick and, and scheme that open a bit. And so when I mentioned Joe Mixon in the passing game, for example, I think that's a huge wrinkle that could help in that department. So Uh, Absolutely. I think that's kind of the key to the game. If if the Bengals can do that and and kind of scheme around it, which again, they've done a good job of doing so. And and also just maybe playing better in the trenches. If they can do those two things, I think they have a shot, but that's a, a tough ask against one of the better defenses and arguably the best pass rush in the NFL.
0: Now, James, before we get you out of here, we did get a super chat from just me who puts $5 in the tip jar and wants to ask you, who are you more worried about the Steelers offense or their defense?
1: Defense, no doubt about it. It's because that's what's going to wreck the game. If Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers score forty points, okay, well that's fine. But if the defense is getting to to Joe Burrow, well we could see what we saw in Week Five, which is three points in in just the the Bengals' offense going off the rails and. I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. I don't think Burrow's going to get confused much this year. He's just such an intelligent player. He works extremely hard. And so I think he's going to perform much better than he did in week five against the Ravens. But this is either the best defense he's seen all year or the second best behind the Ravens. And I I think that that's uh, – it's probably a better pass rush straight up. I I think that's fair to say, but probably a little – a little worse from a secondary standpoint compared to Baltimore. So it's going to be a a tough challenge. And uh, I I think it's a good measuring stick, specifically having to go on the road, even though, you know, fans and stuff, it's not going to be 60,000, 70,000 strong like normal. But still, I I think it's a a good measuring stick for this team because they're feeling good about themselves after that big win over Tennessee a few weeks ago.
0: Now, before I get you out here, one quick last thing. Do you Mm -hmm. have a score prediction for this game?
1: Man, I haven't even got there yet. Let me let me think. I, I think I do think it's going to be relatively close right? because this team is just. I don't think they're there yet. Obviously, two five and one, but they've played a lot of close games. They've hung around outside of the Baltimore game. I'm trying to think. Most of their games, uh, losses, ties, they, they've all been one score outside of that. In the Tennessee game, I believe, um, even the Jacksonville win. So I'll say I'm leaning Pittsburgh. I'll say that um, it's probably twenty-seven twenty-four in that range
0: yeah and you know what that's uh that's afc north football right there three-point <laughs> games james rapine from uh, sports illustrated all locked on uh Bengals podcast thank you so much for your time today sir
1: of course thanks for having me guys i appreciate it
0: awesome thanks, so ladies and gentlemen, that was James Rapine once again. Um, from like we said, Locked on Bengals podcast, sports illustrated and allbengals.com. That was uh that was a ton of fun. Uh Jeffrey, uh, just getting straight to you. What what's your uh what's your feelings on this game so far?
2: Well, we got to talk a lot about the offense, and obviously that's the that's the big part of the Bengals this year is their offense with Joe Burrow just coming in and playing better than Definitely better than I expected. I think better than even like some of the more optimistic people expected. Uh, so, so he he's the real he's the real issue is how do you deal with him, and the weakness on the Bengals offense is their offensive line. Uh, their run game hasn't been great. He he was talking about Mixon Mixon hasn't put up a bunch of yards. Uh, Giovanni Bernard has started two games. He still has more receiving yards and rushing yards. Uh, I don't think he's hit two hundred yards yet. And uh, so. It's it's not a great run game. It's it's pretty much just Joe Burrow, uh, three wide receivers. You're you're going to see Drew Sample. You're going to see a running back. Uh, they love that. They love the eleven personnel, three wide receiver groups, which they should with the three they have. But that's the real question is going to be: Can the Steelers disrupt Joe Burrow? Can they can they get pressure on him? Can they force him to make mistakes? Can their you know and can their secondary capitalize? Maybe get some turnovers because that's that's how you're going to win this game. That's how you're going to. Make it easier on your offense winning this game and avoiding, you know, a shootout. If you let him get going, you let him get comfortable in the pocket. You don't force errors and you don't capitalize on those mistakes. You're in for a long game.
0: Absolutely. Now, the thing off the top that obviously Steelers fans are concerned about is availability of Ben Roethlisberger. What does that mean for this game?
2: What are the differences here? What are we looking at? That's a good that's, – that's big. If Ben can't play, then the, the defense doesn't just have to find ways to you know force some turnovers and give the offense some extra possessions. They've got to shut down the Bengals. If, if you've got Mason Rudolph, Josh Dobbs, they call up Devlin Hodges, whoever it is playing in there, you're going to have to see the Steelers' defense shut down the Bengals' offense almost entirely. This can't be a game where they score 20 points. I mean, we, the Steelers have given up 20 points in, in five games out of their eight, and they're still undefeated because the offense is scoring. This is the NFL today. But if, if, if it's not been in there, then you're not scoring 24 points. You're not scoring 28 points. You're definitely not in 30. You're going to have to really shut down the Bengals.
0: Yeah, and – Again, that still is possible. The, the Steelers yep. were able to knock him off twice last year. Joe Burrows, obviously, the huge factor in this one and the return of A.J. Green. Uh, one of the conversations floating around the Steelers Twitterverse was who would start uh, potentially behind Ben Roethlisberger if he's if he's not good to go. Obviously, I think Mason Rudolph would be the favorite, but does anything lead you to believe that uh, it might be uh, one Josh Dobbs or perhaps even Duck Hodges off the practice squad?
2: No. No Steelers like Mason Rudolph they love their pecking order and they're going to do it the only way you would see someone else if Mason Rudolph goes in and plays terribly then you'd see Josh Dobbs uh I'm interested to see if they even call up Doc Hodges for the game from the practice squad I'm interested to see if they do
0: yeah you know what if if they do call him up I would think that would be a a screaming sign that Ben Roethlisberger had uh, contracted the virus and would certain certainly be out, so that obviously is one to kind of watch your ticker for. Um, this is uh, my next question. Is something that I, I think we'll get in with uh, Lindsay Patterson when she joins us in the second half, but kind of want to get your opinions on this first. It, the Steelers and Bengals were in the mid part of this uh, of this last decade were really kind of uh, blood rivals almost. It, it seemed like the most intense rivalry there was in football, let alone the FC North. Is this still a, like a bloodbath matchup? Is, is that the way that this uh, that this game's trending?
2: I don't think so. The major players in that, Heinz Ward's gone. Uh, Vontez perfect is gone. Adam Jones is gone. Like, last year, we didn't see that. We didn't see that nastiness. It, they, you know, last year almost seemed like this Bengals team was unexpected. Like, didn't expect the physicality that the Steelers brought. Like, they were kind of shocked by it. Like, what? Why are you hitting us this hard? Like, like, you know, like we're playing AFC North football, and they were like, "Whoa, whoa, chill, what's going on, guys?" Uh, especially in that Game Four matchup, like we just hit them in the mouth, and they they kind of they kind of shook them. Uh, I think they should be ready for that. I think their coach might be a little more accustomed to uh, AFC North football now, but it it'll be interesting. I don't think it's going to get nasty. I don't think we'll see that. There's really not the people. I don't see personalities like that on either of these teams either.
0: All right. And we're, we got to another uh, super chat from Grayson Brown who puts 499 in the tip jar. He says, not worried about this game. It's a divisional game. They'll show up. Uh, Dallas game was a typical road game. No show. This will be different 2814 Steelers. So Perhaps that that is definitely the case. The Steelers uh, avoided that trap game that uh, definitely lit up our uh, our, uh, behind the steel curtain group chat that uh, we were certainly talking a lot about. The Steelers finally uh, knocked off a team that was below them on the road. But um, anyway, is there any way that you could see the Steelers kind of laying an egg at home, especially against a team from Ohio?
2: Well, this was a game. This was a game. Uh, I don't know if I've talked about it in here, but I've talked with you about it other times. This was one of those games I pegged where if we went undefeated through that nasty stretch of the Browns, Titans, and Ravens, that this was the game. The Bengals coming off a bye week um, with Joe Burrow heating up before the bye week. It's always been my my opinion that you, you see – stats tend to back it up too, that, that you see a growth from players – After the bye week, especially if you're heavy on, if you're based heavily on rookies like a T. Higgins and a Joe Burrows, you know, the offense gets a whole week to say, okay, what were they doing good? What more can we give them? How can we really, you know, utilize T. Higgins better? How can we get Joe Burrows, you know, focus this offense more around Joe Burrow? I think it's a potential there that if the Steelers come out and especially like say they can't stop the run against the Bengals, who are terrible running the ball. Say that the Bengals get a little bit of a run game going, and Joe Burrow and T. Higgins are going off. Zach Taylor has some new stuff for them that we haven't seen yet. You could see one of those games where it takes us to halftime to recover, and 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 you know the first half of the game their defense is shutting us down, and then the second half of the game turns into a shootout where you've got Ben Roethlisberger trying to catch, you know, the Bengals, and and Joe Burrow is out there going slinging the ball all over the place still. I could see a situation like that occurring. It's not likely, um, but it it would involve a big failing on the part of our pass rush. Our pass rush would just have to absolutely fail this game.
0: A uh, couple things from the live chat here. Rodney Lyle says Bengals acquire uh, Tack McKinley. Will he play Sunday? No, because uh, the COVID protocol does state he has to uh, passably five consecutive days worth of tests before he can enter a facility. So Tack McKinley will not be suiting up for the Bengals. Um, we also got a live chat, uh, super chat rather, from X Eddie B who puts two dollars in the chip tip jar. He says, or, uh he says, will we see a fullback in this game? It might help the run game. Uh, of course, Derek Watt." And Mike Hilton both uh, were full participants in practice today, um, as well as um, Tyson alu being limited. Uh, just getting that question in hand, Jeffrey. Um, if Derek Watt does uh, return to the lineup, do you foresee the Steelers using him more because they really haven't uh, to this point, even when he was healthy? Uh, and and do you think that's something that really happen?
2: Well, the last game before he the game he got hurt, they were actually using him in the first half. Uh, so I was hopeful then. I'm like, yes, finally. But he hasn't played since. Um, so I think it could happen. I think we could see it. I really hope that would help the run game. Uh, we had an article come out today, Dave Schofield, I worked on on our Vertex article about what's happened to the run game, and and it's basically the Tennessee Titans. Mike Rabel did a great job f- figuring out a defense that could fix that could solve basically our, our entire offense. And ran it, and everyone's copying it. And the only the only solution we have to it right now is take the running back out and go five wide and just throw the ball all over the place. Uh, because as soon as we put the eleven personnel back on or bigger, it's not working. It's not working. This they they have it fixed. They have it solved, and we can't get anything going. So it will be interesting to see. You know, eventually they're going to have to solve it. Eventually they're going to have to solve that and come up with an offense that can that can beat. Uh, what Vrabel threw at him, and everyone's copying. Fullback could play a part in that. Fullback could really play a part in that. I'd love to see Derek Watt come in and the Steelers be able to run the ball. Would love to see it.
0: Now, um, as we're getting up to our uh, our halfway point of the show, and before we uh, bring another guest in and uh, transition to the second part of the show, uh, I do want to ask you one quick question, um, and that is on the other two players, uh, Mike Hilton and Tyson Alualu and what they bring to this defense. Of course, the last 2 weeks the Steelers have struggled a ton against the run. If both of those guys are good to go, is this a complete game changer in the Steelers defense is flipped back to being uh, one of the best uh, in the NFL?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Devin Bush was a was a loss that hurt uh but nobody even even as good as Isaiah Bugs, you know, played the second half of the the Ravens game. No. He wasn't Tyson alu Tyson Alualu is a pocket destroying nose tackle against the pass and in the run game he's dominant he's absolutely dominant you can double team him it doesn't matter if you don't double team him your play is dead before it even starts and Mike Hilton as a blitzer is such a force for this defense that Cameron Sutton cannot replace and in run defense Cameron Sutton is a liability Mike Mike Hilton is a strength so it's a big change. Like you run to Mike Hilton's side and you're probably done. It's over. Don't just you can't run to his side. Uh you can't, if you do, you have to put a tight end. We've seen we've seen teams put an offensive lineman, pull an offensive lineman to block Mike Hilton. It's it's absurd, but they'll do it because you have to deal with him. Cameron Sutton, you can largely ignore. Any any slot receiver can block Cameron Sutton. I I want to say he he's played well. Cameron Sutton has played better. He's just not that guy. He's a coverage cornerback. He's great covering people from the slot. He's not good in run support. Mike Hilton is an incredible run support slot cornerback, and he's one of the best blitzers from the from the slot in the NFL. Right. So
0: now let's uh, transition to our second part here. Uh, Lindsey Patterson will be joining us. So if you're listening on our pod- podcast platform, Make sure to flip over to that part if you're watching on YouTube, just
1: hang tight.